0: Gower number two, the Bill Michael Show. We continue on. I, ben, I just did. You see what I just tweeted out with what you just sent me? I'll find it now. Ben Kenny producing the show today. Everybody, uh, for those that are now joining us on the uh, on the network, everybody. Uh, he just sent me a, a, a little picture. Jack Nicholson, eighty-five, looks disheveled. Ah, yes. On the L.A. balcony, as he's seen for the first time in a couple of years, and I admit he doesn't look good. Sorry about that. Looks like some technical stuff with
1: with Bill on site that I think we went through a little bit yesterday as well. Uh, 877-867-1670 as we get Bill back up and running um, remotely. 877-867-1670 if you want to join the show. Welcome in. It is the Bill Michael Show. It is a Friday. Uh, we'll get back into the Jack Nicholson stuff in a bit. I guess I, but one other thing we did want to get to today and heat bulls coming up tonight. Winner faces the bucks in the first round series, starting at the Pfizer forum this weekend. Chatter in the did last. He, oh, are you there? Um, chatter? Uh, did I did, did oh, you lose me for a second? You're good. You're back. Yep. All right, let's do this. Um, as we get bill back, back up and running let's uh let's step away let's take a quick break and we'll uh we'll recharge the batteries if you will and get the show back on the tracks when we come back it's the bill Michael show
0: covering wisconsin sports like a blanket this is the bill michaels show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network to have you the bill michaels show i don't know what happened to be honest with you we came back from break and next thing you know something was uh kind of cattywampus and weird the sound was good Uh, we were still good on uh, the internet we just weren't good uh, in the radio station i hope uh we don't have uh, any other issues maybe i'll have to uh check in technically i guess with our engineer trevor Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Um I think
1: Jack Nicholson was silenced. Sh-
0: what
1: is that what it was? Well you weren't okay. allowed to you were midway through
0: the thought and then there it went. Yeah, I was gonna say because I'm thinking to myself, you know, Jack Nicholson, uh the, the, the tweet that you sent me shows him, you know, a little disheveled uh on the on his balcony. And my um, comment was, I'm going to give the man a benefit of the doubt for two reasons. One, he's 85 years old. We don't think of Jack Nicholson as 85 years old, but he's 85 years old. And I'm thinking about what the guy did the night before to look like that. Maybe he had some party at the crib. Maybe he had some uh, some guests, we'll say, over. Maybe he's up late late betting. Who knows? Checking out games. He's a sports enthusiast. Maybe he was just listening to all. He was catching up on all the podcasts on the Bill Michael show. I'll give Jack the benefit of the doubt there. Uh, By the way, did you see the uh, post that Clemens put? He said, oh, my God, it's like I have a twin.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just, that picture brings me back to The Departed and specifically the final eight scenes of the movie.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, speaking of tweets, Tim says, selfishly, he wants to see the Bucks play the Miami Heat. He lives in a North Palm Beach. He wants to go to the games down there. So there you go. Just thought I'd, thought I'd throw it out there. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Here's a question. My buddy Justin, every now and then I get, he'll hit me up. He's listening and he'll hit me up. And uh, give me a shout. And huge Bucks fan, huge sports fan. And here's a question, and this is legit. And we were talking about the Bucs and, you know, 60,000 people. Remember, it was like 67,000 people outside, 20,000 inside the Fiserv, 19,000 inside the Fiserv. Uh, almost 80,000 people in that area. And And just a couple of years ago. And he had a question. He said, could the restaurants and bars handle that? I'll tell you something. Uh, now, my buddy Gino, he's he's still searching for a good bartender and maybe a server or two. Okay? But he's he's okay. But some of those places in the area, we went down for the uh, the, the Bucks celtics game a couple of weeks ago. And I'm not going to give you the names of the restaurants because I don't want to disparage them, but I thought it was really sad. You had a sold-out facility in anticipation for this game. Most of those restaurants we walked into had less than half of their seats and and tables filled. Less than half. And they were on an hour wait. And the reason being, they don't have anybody to work. Well, part of it was one manager said, oh, I didn't think we'd get this many people. It's like, how do you not know your schedule as to what's going on downtown? So one place, stupidity. But they didn't have anybody. I, I, we, we talk about this all the time ad nauseum and I, I apologize but I don't know where those that made money making tips and cash in the service industry have gone I don't know but I know friends uh, and, and restaurant owners I mean, that are paying outrageous amounts of money plus your tips to people to get them to come back to work and while we keep hearing about you know the drop in unemployment now it's going up a little bit because of the recession, but um, I, I don't know where those that are needing the extra cash have gone. Um, the service industry is is just taking a beating, and that uh, that's a great question. You know, for as many people that are going to be uh, attending downtown in the next few weeks, uh, as Bucks basketball in the postseason for the Bucks, for hockey postseason. Uh, and then, obviously, Brewers games and such for all the bars and, and restaurants in the area. I, I the service industry is is where they all go. Where they all go, that's what I'd love to know. Where did all the people? I mean, all the kids that would make two, three hundred, four hundred dollars cash a night. Where did they go? No clue. Anyway, I digress. But that's a, that's a great question as to whether or not they're going to be able to even handle that influx uh 877-867-1670 877-867-1670 if you want to hit us up feel free go ahead and do so so uh, around the nfl around the nfl uh right power rankings of general managers power rankings of general managers where does your general manager rank and, you, you, okay, let's let's do this. Let's start to look at the worst general managers, say the unrankable general managers. They're too new to talk about. Uh, they've got George Patton of the Jet Denver Broncos sitting at 25. Then you've got the group of people that are too new. Uh, you've got a new one in Minnesota. You've got to the Tennessee Titans, uh, Rand Carthen, Omar Khan in Pittsburgh, uh, Monty Osenfort in Arizona, Ryan Poles in Chicago, uh, Joe Shane or Sheen in uh, New York for the Giants, Dave Ziegler for the Raiders. okay, so you got a lot of new guys. So you got George Patton um, sitting at dead last and you start to roll up the list. Um, you know the Washington commanders have uh, Martin Mayhew. He's kind of like with Ron Rivera in that sense. Um, so they're sitting like a 22 so that's kind of tough. Trent Balky with the Jacksonville Jaguars. although Jacksonville, I think they've done a tremendous job. I really do. I think they've done a pretty good job, and Trent Baalke has started to really kind of rise. And I'm kind of surprised that he ended up at 20th when, in in essence, Andrew Barry came in at number 19. And when you look at uh, say the Deshaun Watson trade, the Browns, they they're the Browns, man. You love the Eli- the move for Elijah Moore, the roster back to looking more complete offensively, offensively, and. You know, a little bit better defensively, but it's still going to come down to the Sean Watson trade. We all know that. There's Chris Ballard in Indianapolis, and he's just he's just trying to f- survive at this point. You got Jason Licht uh, down in Tampa Bay, Joe Douglas in New York for the Jets. And Joe Douglas, we know. They're trying to get this whole deal done. But, you know, they had Sam Darnold, first-round draft pick. Zach Wilson, first-round draft pick. I mean, that sucks. He's been wrong on both guys. They're trying to get Aaron Rodgers. That's been kind of a kind of a, a miss. I will say this, though. Picking up Sauce Gardner was brilliant. Uh, it's exactly what they needed, and he turned out to be the real deal. Uh, you got Mickey Loomis in New Orleans at 14. Now you're under 15. So where does Brian Gutekunst fall? Eric DaCosta with Baltimore? That's a little bit of a, a mess because they did sign Odell Beckham Jr., but the whole Lamar Jackson thing, I think Eric DeCosta has has been right on with Lamar Jackson. Uh, Lamar Jackson wants that long-term guaranteed deal, and Eric DaCosta's like, not going to happen. I give him credit for standing tall and having the cojones to say, no, we're not going to do it. Um, you've got uh, Bill Belichick of New England at number 11. Then... Jerry Jones is listed as his own general manager for the Dallas Cowboys at number 10. Um, I don't know if I'd go there. I don't know if I'd go there now, John Schneider, John Schneider's done pretty well. They, uh, they moved on from Russell Wilson. They got that big haul. Geno Smith's rise. Um, but you know, they've got, uh, they've got the number five overall. They've got an exchange for, uh, for uh, the, the Wilson trade. Um, it's been a really solid year, we'll say, for Seattle because they did things that nobody thought they would do, give them credit. And then at number eight, Brian Gutekinst. So for everybody that says Gutekinst sucks, he is ranked at number eight via NFL.com as the eighth best general manager in the league. Think of that. So when you get into the comparison and you say, well, this general manager did this and this GM did this and look who we could have drafted, look who we, whoa. He is ranked number eight. They say, and I quote, the ranking feels incomplete given that the terms of the expected Aaron Rodgers trade are not known yet. But Goody, moving on from Rodgers, he's doing it at the right time, maybe even a year too late. But I believe the Packers think Jordan Love they're ready. He wasn't last year. We're going to find out if Gutekinds is right, and that will determine whether or not his legacy in Green Bay is more than above average. Drafting Christian Watson, savvy, targeted free agents and some pickups, mostly uh, smart re-signings. The extension that they gave to Elton Jenkins in December already looks like a steal, and which is true, and it's worth noting that the Packers have given out fewer guarantees in free agency than any NFL team this offseason, which probably won't make uh, Jordan Love's job easier, but what they did was... The reason they've stockpiled the money is because if they've got the poison pill, which is if Aaron Rodgers has to come back and they have to pay the guy, they've got the money. That's Otherwise, you're out in free agency, you're doing things. But they've got that poison pill. They're, they're ready to go. If they have to eat the Rodgers deal, they're ready. So you give them credit for being prepared for that. There's uh, Brad Holmes in Detroit at number seven. Uh, Les Snead and Sean McVay of the Rams. That's interesting because the problem isn't that the Rams went all in. It's that they immediately erased any flexibility they had after the title by signing all of their stars to extension. And a lot of the 2022 struggles came down to injury. But don't forget... They were completely outclassed. When they were even healthy, go back to week one, they just never looked right. And part of it was because they didn't have big Andrew Whitworth there as their big left tackle anymore, remember? Uh, they, uh, you know, they, uh, they're ready to pivot from Allen Robinson after losing Von Miller in free agency last offseason, and that drove the decision, at least last season, for the emotions for, uh, you know, Sneed. by the way, for McVeigh. Sneed has done uh, very well with the picks to act well being an exception but the lack of draft choices and the inactivity in free agency because they don't have the money it's kept the roster relatively barren but they went all in when they needed to and they found the right pieces and including von miller to kind of come in and solidify things obj to get them there and they won a championship because of it and they're still living off of that john lynch and kyle shanahan in san francisco now The former Patriots decision-maker, Scott Pioli, used to keep a framed photo on his desk of the 2000 fifth-round tight end, taken one round ahead of Tom Brady as a reminder that the front office wasn't that smart. Interesting. But they did find the gem, the seventh-round gem in Brock Purdy, who helped the team. The 49ers deserve more credit for finding and maintaining Uh, So much talent really everywhere else, you know. They did trade up to get Trey Lance, who has attempted 102 passes since then. And they found some uh, core players, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Hafanga, and free agency, a couple other guys. They still have Christian McCaffrey, who they picked up in the trade. Uh, left tackle Trent Williams, they bolstered that team. They still have Boas company. They're still one of the best defensive uh, groups out there. They just need another piece to guide them. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Brandon Bean and Scott McDermott with the Buffalo Bills come in at number four, Duke Tobin of Cincinnati. You talk about a guy, first of all, uh, they say that he, quote, raised the Titanic. <laughs> so Cincinnati was just, with Mike Brown at the helm, it was such a craptastic Organization, um, you know, obviously Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow's. Uh, they're going to sign him to a, a contract extension. Uh, you would assume before the season gets underway, because they're not going to let him go to that next year. But he, uh, T. Higgins, um, they're coming up on contracts. Uh, Jamar Chase is coming up on a contract. Uh, but to find value with tackle Orlando Brown uh, at the top of the market, safety Nick Scott, Irv Smith Jr. Um, they've taken some gambles. They've they've paid off. They've been pretty good there. Then you've got to the number two, which is Brett Veach of Kansas City. Howie Roseman of the Philadelphia Eagles, the number one rated general manager right now in the power rankings in the National Football League. No team does a better job of using uh, every avenue. Um, you know, the Jalen Hurts pick in 2020 was great. Forward thinking there. They've got a lot of other guys. The Eagles are – Great self-scouting and spend a premium on line play. Uh, But they have lost some pieces uh, to free agency this year. So it's going to be interesting to see what they end up picking up in the draft, how they're able to fortify that team, and if the team that has the backups behind them are going to be capable of filling in for some of the lost spots that this team uh, now has. But number eight overall, number eight overall is um, Brian Good how about that? Um, do you agree with that? Do you agree with that? Eight, seven. For those that want to point the finger at Goody and, you know, everything sucks, you got to be sitting there right now just going NFW. But that, I mean, they break it down by deal. They break it down by player acquisitions, what the team has done, where they ended up, the strength of the team, the position players they, they do have. They rank them on their drafts and the sustainability of their draft. So for as bad as the first couple of drafts were for Goody because of the longevity of the overall haul not remaining with the team, you still had four players from that team. But overall out of, what, 17, 18, 20 picks somewhere in there, you only have four guys left, and that's that's not good. But I do give him credit because if he sees something that just isn't working, he's willing to cut bait with it and move on. He has been able to find some players like Devondre Campbell, like Preston Smith, guys like that kind of off the scrappy. Adrian Amos was sustainable for a long time with this team. Rasul Douglas, you know, I mean, look at some of the guys that he's brought in that have performed and performed well. So I give him a lot of credit. Um... And some people won't do that because they haven't won a championship, and he's he's part of that that legacy of thirty plus years of Hall of Fame quarterback playing not getting to the to the Super Bowl. So I I get it, but I think that there's a couple of times, I, especially going back to the year that they played Tampa Bay in the NFC Championship game at Lambeau Field, coming out of the, coming out of COVID, uh, they should have won that game. They they struggled on the offensive offensive front, but a couple of turnovers and bad play by Aaron Rodgers. They should have won that game. Yeah. Uh, Chuck says, so often the success or failure of a general manager can be traced back to one big move. Fair or not, that seems to be the norm. You're you're right. You can look overall and say, you know, he's done a pretty fair job, especially drafting here as of late. You had two very quality pieces in Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt that came in last year and played pretty well. And once Christian Watson got healthy, he started to prove that, Okay, they you, you see in him what they saw in him, so you understand that. But, uh, but that Jordan Love pick is going to forever be his legacy. And if Jordan Love takes off and he's successful, then he is going to be a guy that was incredibly smart at an incredibly inawkward and inept time. But otherwise it is he if Jordan Love isn't the real deal, then that is gonna be the albatross that's gonna be hung around his neck for a long time until his team gets back to a Super Bowl. No doubt. 877 so do, is goody
1: go ahead. I was gonna ask you is, is eight right? Does eight feel right for him in terms of the guys above him or is he overrated on that? Is he underrated
0: I, when I heard he was eight, I thought it was a little high. I thought it was a little high. But when you start to look at the way they're basing this, and they're really looking at the way the rosters are compiled over the last couple of years and today, you know, and they start to list off all the names that you kind of find the diamonds in the rough and you picked up the piece players that came in and fit and the, the, the thing worked. You're like, okay, he's done a lot of scrambling and he's done pretty good. I've never thought Goody was a terrible GM. I mean, I what I've always said was taking Jordan Love at that period of time, that was especially if Jordan Love doesn't pan out, and I never I don't think he will. Now it depends on what your terminology for pan out is, what your definition of pan out is. Me, is he gonna be you know, above average, way above average. Is he better than Kirk Cousins or is he gonna be less than that? Kirk Cousins is not a Hall of Famer. Kirk Cousins is not a uh, a superstar, but he is a better-than-average quarterback that can get you to a certain point, but you have to have the fortification around him to help him. That, I think, what it, what you're aspiring for in, in Jordan Love. He's not going to be a Hall of Famer. He I would be shocked if he is. But you're kind of hoping that he turns out to be a Kirk Cousins type of player. And then if you can put a defense around him and some additional pieces, then it can make him a champion. Um... If he is, if Jordan Loves does not turn out to be on that same level as Kirk Cousins, then that is going to be, then, then Gutekinds is rated too high at number eight. Because no matter what you think about all the other players, what he's going to be judged on is all the tumultuousness of all of this. Of the Aaron Rodgers thing, the Jordan Love pick, Rodgers getting two MVPs, Jordan Love waiting, Rodgers getting pissed at the organization, coming back and bad-mouthing everybody, kissing Rodgers' ass, giving him that contract, handcuffing your team, Jordan Love not being as great as maybe they thought he was going to be. All of this will then be that albatross. So, you know, I mean, I I remember when uh, Donald Driver was picked. And Ron Wolf said to Donald Driver, "I need you to make this team, to, to make me look good, to make this draft look good, to make make this happen for me." And Driver obviously is now a Packer Hall of Famer. I can see, <laughs> I can see Brian Gutekunst standing on the sideline talking to Jordan Love at camp, and he does one of those, "Hey, how you feeling? How you doing? You know, how you throwing? You know, you understand everything? You are getting a good glimpse of it now as a starter? Hey, you're the starter now." And I can see him in a very serious moment looking at him going. I I need you to be good for my for my legacy for my reputation. I need you to be good. I need you to do this and be good, better than good. So I thought he was a little high uh, at number eight. I was a little surprised, but uh, I understand it. I won't dispute it. All I understand it. So do you think he was high, too high, or do you think he was just right?
1: I think it's a little low. I think he's underrated in this list. Really? Okay. And I, I mean. The list is weird because you have a guy in the Brad Holmes of the Lions where, yeah, he's doing a really good job right now and he's turned it around, but it's also somewhat projection. They're projecting the Lions to be Mm -hmm. really good, as opposed to guys at the top like Howie Roseman and John Lynch, I think, is proving it, and Brandon Bean in Buffalo are proving it, that they've built championship level teams. It's tough for me to distinguish a championship GM, as in win Super Bowls, and a championship-level GM, right? Because I would argue that the 2020 and 2021 Packer teams were good enough to win the Super Bowl, and they just didn't do it. So Goody did his job of assembling those teams, and there were some flaws, but had they, had Rodgers played a little better, had very small things been different on the field, then his legacy is completely different. So I think he's done an admirable, admirable job since he's come in, And honestly, has proven more than some of the guys rated ahead of him.
0: uh, I'll give you all of that. The only thing I will say is there's been times where you've had an opportunity to do. Now, maybe the, the strength is in not doing something. But there have been times when you've had an opportunity to add that one more piece, that one more extra, and they just haven't done it. They're always in talks with somebody. But they haven't been able to necessarily pull that trigger, and I get it because you've had a lot of, a lot of headaches and issues with the quarterback. You've had a lot of that drama with the quarterback. I understand all of that, but um, I, me, I think that uh, there's been a couple of times where they just could have pulled the trigger and, and chose not to do so, and ultimately that, that hurt. And that, and I just know from talking to guys in a locker room when a, when a general manager pulls a trigger on a deal. That you go, yeah, here we go. Okay, this is a good piece. Whether the guy turns out to be a great player or not, it tells your team, you're, you're good. And they have taken opportunities where they could have done that and they chose not to do that. And sometimes it's as much of a mental boost. It, look at, it worked just the opposite this past year for the Brewers. Not only did they not give you that extra piece, one of the guys that was a key cog, that was a likable figure in the in the clubhouse, they got rid of. It was a business move, you understood it, but it just it took the air out of the balloon. So there was a couple of times I thought they could have done that, and they didn't. And that's the only thing I can fault them for. But other than that, I agree with you. You know they they've been really they've been sustainable. They've always had a good roster. They've had a roster that I thought had they just gotten a play to player two here or there and not turned the ball over, they could have been a Super Bowl caliber team. They just I I think. There's a couple of areas that they could be better. But then again, you can say that about every general manager. So that's why I would say if I would just go a little bit lower, I'd understand it. 877 867 Yeah,
1: go ahead. Also, real quick, the list is somewhat just grading them based on what they've done at quarterback, which I disagree with in general, where Howie Roseman's number one because he he had the luxury of two quarterbacks on rookie contracts, Carson Wentz six years ago, and then the drafting of Hertz and now Hurts. Brett Veach, like he's gifted with Patrick Mahomes, and he does a great job building a roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tobin in Cincinnati, he is up there because he drafted Joe Burrow. Uh, John Lynch, I, I guess roster-wise they haven't done the quarterback, but Les Snead, they figured out the quarterback. I feel like that's what most of this is, as opposed to the big, the big picture of being a GM. And it's not as if Goody, until today, has had the shot to go with his quarterback. So I agree with you. It's going to go down to the love thing. But I don't know if he's graded properly next to his peers because he's been faced with much different circumstances.
0: Let's do this. We're going to break away. We're going to take a quick break and come back and get more into this discussion. Give me your thoughts. Brian Gutekis rated as the eighth best general manager in all of football In all of football. And that is something that uh, I guess is up for discussion for many. So 877 1670 1670 Hey, if you're looking for a good fish Friday night, uh, go someplace to watch a Brewer's Game. That's our friends at the social house. H-A-U-S on Lisbon Road, Menominee Falls, and a list of new menu items from a sub sandwich with meatballs. Or I love the Tiger Burger. They have the mash ball, uh, mashed potato bites. They've got some new Reuben rolls and such, but the, but the Tiger Burger is the... <sniffs> That's the real deal. Tiger burger at the social house. If you like something spicy, yeah, man, that's the tiger burger at the social house. And don't forget you go there on Sunday morning, catch yourself a cocktail. You know what comes with the cocktail, free pancakes. If it's free, it's for me. That's my motto. Free pancakes that make it even better. The social house, H-A-U-S on Lisbon Road, Menominee Falls. Stop in, tell them we said hi. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Summer is uh, well; it's almost here. I know we're going to get back into more seasonable uh, seasonable temp- temperatures next week. But the good news is, I was just talking to Barb up at the Four Seasons Island Resort, and uh, summertime is getting hot. Uh, And I'm talking about bookings and the people heading up there. More and more people are finding out about the little hidden gem that is called the Four Seasons Island Resort on the Muscano Island up in uh, Pembine, Wisconsin. And the championship golf course that they have, which is beautiful. Everybody talks about all the different golf courses in the state, and we tend to find these gems. This one's actually in Iron Mountain, so technically it's in the UP, but uh, in Iron Mountain, Michigan. But the Pine Mountain uh, Golf Resort is also beautiful. So if you're looking to play like the executive course, get away, go up to where the old gangsters used to go on Pem- in Pembine. That's the Four Seasons Island Resort. Or you can go to the Four Seasons and still play golf over at uh, Timberstone, too. So either way, get a hold of our girl bar, B A R B, 715 938 5110. 715 938 5110. Make sure you use the promo code Michaels M I C H A E L S. I just confirmed today. As a matter of fact, my son, uh, when he got married, one of the uh, wedding gifts I gave him was a weekend getaway, and they're going there. They wanted to go to uh, they wanted to go to the Four Seasons, so I just booked that today too uh, for the end of the kind of end of summer, but uh, heading up to the Four Seasons Island Resort. So call Barb B A R B seven one five nine three eight fifty one ten seven one five 938 5110. That is the Four Seasons Island Resort. Use the promo code Michaels15 and get yourself 15% off. 877 867 1670. Talking about uh, the ranking system, the power rankings that came out for general managers in the National Football League. Brian Gudekinst came out number eight overall. Uh, if you would read Twitter, During Packers games, you would swear he was not only 32nd but beyond 32nd and should be then run out of town and exiled from the state of Wisconsin. Uh, But according to NFL.com, they believe he is the eighth best general manager in the state of Wisconsin. So two things here. One is Matthew says, I'm going to remain skeptical of love until he shows me some consistency over a full season or two, just like it was with Favre and even Rodgers. Here's the next question, and I think this is the semi-legit. Um, and, and this was a, a buddy of mine texted me who's listening, and he said, does this mean Goody, even if the Packers have a bad year this year, is not on the hot seat? And I had to pause for a minute. I don't think no matter what happens this year, I don't think Goody's on the hot. I don't think his seat is hot at all. At all. Zero. If you had to talk about the level of heat on a general manager, I'd say his is zero. None. None at this point. Um, Because of the situation he is currently dealing with. And we know there will be some type of resolution to it, but they've already done their due diligence, even in the case of the poison pill where you would have to eat Roger's contract and just basically pay him to go away. So all of that, I think they've done a pretty solid job. Would I think that Matt LaFleur's job is on the hot seat? I'd probably say coming into the season, he's maybe 20%. If you want to talk about the level of flame, he's on very low and or simmer is it warm of course it's warm a couple of reasons one is you better be able to run your offense the way you've been wanting to run it get consistency rhythm and such for your quarterback and 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 scheme your guys to be successful because now it's on you before you could say well you know rogers did this or he did that or he didn't run this play or that play and you know he and i are the ones that put the game plan together okay that, that's fine but two things one is you gotta get a rhythm and a comfort level for jordan love to be successful number one number two you kept joe barry and that was something clearly brian Gudekins he separated himself from he just said we got good players he didn't come out and say yeah joe barry I'm going to give it to Matt, and if Joe Barry doesn't succeed, then that's the albatross or the boat anchor that he's going down with. I'm not in favor. He didn't come out and say it, but but what he didn't say was, oh, no, we got all the faith in the world in Joe. Joe had a good defense. You know, No. No. Not a bit. Not one damn bit. He came out and said, when asked about the defense, he said, yeah, you know, the they, they didn't play complimentary football. They didn't play complimentary football. It was difficult. The offense didn't get get it going and didn't help him out. And then, you know, when they did need him and it, it, this and that, and then and he, what he, he never came out and said, "Joe Barry, pff, this guy's got it, man. He's forgot more about football than we all know. He's a hell of a defensive coordinator. We're not going to kick him to the curb, no." And then he said, "I know one thing. We got talent." And then he just sat there. And you, in other words, we got talented football players. We know we have guys that can play. And instead, we lived death by a thousand cuts with that dude over there running this defense. So Matt wants him. Matt's got him. But if it doesn't succeed, it's not my ass. So two things Matt LaFleur did or needs to do. One is get Jordan Levin to a rhythm and make this offense relatively successful. Two is you better get get on your boy. You better get on your boy. You're right, Thomas. Jerry Gray distanced himself from that as well. There were people stepping back philosophically from Joe Barry that said, "Mm, you're going to have to ask Joe that. I don't want any part of that. That's not my job. Not my job. Ain't happening. So uh, do I think Goody's seat is hot? Absolutely not. Nothing. Not even on simmer. Right now the burners are off. Nothing. Him and Russ Ball have done a tremendous job in being able to retain their own, being able to extend contracts, being able to figure out the roster, being able to create enough salary cap space to absorb a hit. Uh, They've done a lot of good things in the last couple of years, specifically. Matt LaFleur, his, his, his seat will be really... Do I think he could get fired this year? The only way that happens is if the team just looks lost and they don't believe in him and There's, you know, say there's a a genuine, you know, schism in the locker room. You know, say Bakhtiari's mad and he didn't bring back Rodgers and there's guys that are speaking out and then he starts to get away. And if if Matt LaFleur looks weak like he did last year in the wake of Aaron Rodgers, then, yeah, then he would have to go if if the record turns out to be, you know, just pathetic. But otherwise, I don't think he's – I think his seat's a little warm, but I don't think it's – He's not on the hot seat. And when we talk about hot, I'm talking about, like, this is it. Here's your chance. You're done. You know, that's a hot seat. This is, well, we're going to wait and see how things go. And, you know, most likely there's no problems here. We just want to see if things kind of go the direction we feel they're going to go. So that's it. Uh, Andrew says Packers do not sign free agents, so Goody does half the work of most GMs. Mm, you're wrong. They have not been able to go out and get a lot of big name free agents only for the, and, and that's really the difference. People are looking for big, big time free agents. And when you look at the free agent list, they have signed free agents. They just haven't signed the free agents you want because they have not had the money to go out and do so on the continuous. Right. And really, let's be honest. If you're out finding free agents continuously That means your drafts suck. They had to do that a little bit, but uh, let's see here. Preston Smith was a free agent. Zedaria Smith was a free agent. Devondre Campbell was a free agent. Uh, We don't know what Tavarius Moore is going to be, but he was a free agent. Uh, Kayshawn Nixon was uh, out of Las Vegas. They brought him in. Russell Douglas, they brought him in. Right? They needed somebody to back up Quay Walker. They brought in Eric Wilson. Brought him in off practice squad of New Orleans. I mean, you know, Tyler Davis, he's a backup tight end. Brought him in from Indianapolis off the practice squad. So they have signed guys. But other than the wide receiving core, they brought in uh, Bo Melton out of Seattle that, you know, I don't necessarily believe in. But they the think about this. They drafted Bakhtiari. They drafted Elton Jenkins. Both good. Drafted Josh Myers, good. Drafted John Runyon, good. Drafted Zach Tom, good. Uh, they signed as a you know as a college free agent, Josh Nyman, good. Um, Jordan Love, we all know about. Aaron Jones, they he was drafted in 2017, good. AJ Dillon in 20, good. Kenny Clark in 2016, good draft. TJ Slayton, uh, we'll wait and see. Devonte Wyatt, good. Jonathan Ford, backup at best. I already talked about Preston Smith and Devondre Campbell. There's Quay Walker. There's Rashawn Gary. There's Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage. Um, So, I mean, all those guys. Angabari, um, solid, right? So he's drafted pretty well. So if you're drafting well, you don't have to – if you're drafting pretty well, you don't have to go out and get a bunch of free agents. So, no, they haven't gone out and gotten that big, big name um, wide receiver, which I still would expect them to find somebody. Um, you know, if they get this deal done with, with Rogers, I would expect some money to be spent on maybe a veteran wide out or a veteran tight end or both. Maybe somebody to help defensively speaking, but the rest of it's gonna be done through the draft. And then when you have more money next year, I would assume they'll be a little more active in the free agent market. But to say he doesn't do it, I just gave you a bunch of guys he went out and got. Devondre Campbell was a steal. Preston Smith's been solid. Zedarius, the only reason Zedarius isn't here anymore is because they got pissed off at him about his back issue. I mean, Zedarius turned out to be right, but at the time, they they felt like he was hurting the team. And they had to keep one or the other. They had money issues. But he has signed free agents. Yes, he has. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Again, Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. 867 1670 Hey, coming up this weekend, we all know, good place to go. go good place to go and eat, especially out in La cross. Buzzard Billy's and the Starlight Lounge right on Pearl Street in La Crosse in that old brick hotel from the 1860s. And uh, both places really, really good. Buzzard Billy's been around since 1997 with terrific food, good tap beers, beverages. Then upstairs, you get those nice martinis and you kind of feel like the rat pack's gonna come out and start singing to you. It's just that cool of a place. It's just got a cool vibe to it. Both places, really unique, really awesome. Buzzard Billy's and the Starlight Lounge on Pearl Street in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And if you're out there, stop in and tell Heather and all the whole staff out there we said hi. Right Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show rock it on good to have you today appreciate you hanging out with us. Hey, uh don't forget if you're going to head over, I don't know if they have the upper deck open yet, but the fish fry is one of the best and that is our friends at Stoley's Hog Alley out there in Lake Country. fish fry today, great atmosphere inside. They'll roll they'll, they have those big garage doors they're finally opening those things since the renovation is complete, which is just awesome. And then it uh, I don't know if it's open for sure, but at some point that upper deck's going to open too and Man, can't wait to get there. Uh, and Stoll's All 109, if you've ever been there, you know that they have that inside-outside e- seating and bar and all that, which is just awesome. The outside deck is cool. Check out both places. Really good food, good fish fries, great beverages, cold, cold beer, and TVs everywhere, and music, too. Uh, check out Stoll's Hog Alley in Lake Country uh, in Oconomowoc, and uh, Stoll's All 109 in Watertown. Either place, you cannot go wrong. Good stuff. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Uh Ben, are you getting any calls from our friends in Eau Claire? No any chance. I'm not. Should I be? <laughs> um, well, I'm getting. I've gotten like six emails, and uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's nothing to do with us, by the way. But apparently, uh, and I don't know if this is for sure, but I've got some people listening to uh, 105.1 WAYY. I don't know if people are in the studio there and they just forgot to turn the microphones off, and the show's been on the air, but people are in there dropping f bombs. Huh. well, wow. and uh, it, yeah, it, I guess it happens. Every you know, it'd be kind of like if you we went to, uh, you know, we go to network programming, you know, uh, say like a ABC or CBS or whatever, you know, or a Brewers game. And you forget to turn the microphone off in the studio. And so people are just kind of sitting there BSing a little bit. And uh, you don't realize the microphone's on it. The world can hear you over top of the, the call of the game. I, I guess that's what's going on at W-A-Y-Y and Eau Claire.
1: Fired up about the Goody slander.
0: Uh, I guess. That Dan Casper, man. Whew. I don't know about that guy. He's he's a nice, mild-mannered family guy. Just a great human being, salt of the earth. But when the mics go off, buddy, look out—he's tearing up the world. So if you're in uh, Eau Claire, you may just want to run in and oh, it's been fixed. Okay, Brian said it's been fixed. Somebody, somebody turn the mics off. Okay, <laughs> that's that, look—it should never happen. We always say, don't get into a room with microphones and start dropping f-bombs because it can. Can happen to the best of you. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break, come back. We got more.